This is Bob Morris in Desert Horticulture. Today we'll be talking about yellow growth on fruit trees and whether it's due to fertilizer or not, possible disease problem on saguaro, the best way to prune bougainvillea, and is it too late to plant fruit trees? All this and more on Desert Horticulture. Learn more about Desert Horticulture by signing up for my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's all one word, Extreme Horticulture, and starting with an X. Take some of my classes on Eventbrite if you're in the Las Vegas area. That's Bob Morris on Eventbrite. Knowing if you've applied enough fertilizer is kind of a guessing game in some cases. If you get, uh, let me give you a couple of tips that you can follow when you're fertilizing fruit trees. Look at the new growth. Is it dark green or is it a light green? How much new growth are you getting in the spring? Usually one application of a fertilizer in the spring is enough. You just have to apply enough fertilizer and it just depends on what's... You know, I was uh, in a, a foreign country and I was working with a cherry producer and he was telling me that, uh, through, a, through a translator, he was telling me that uh, every year he was doing a lot of pruning on his trees, taking a lot of wood out, and he wanted to know how he could uh, reduce that. And I told him, what recommendations are you following uh, for a guide on fertilizing? He said, I'm talking to the local agronomist, and the agronomist is telling me something out of a book, and this is the amount of fertilizer to apply. I said, don't do that, because so many plants respond differently. just depends on what they are, the variety they are, it depends on the nutrient content in the soil. There are so many things that you have to take into consideration. Really, the best thing that you have is to look at the tree, look at its color, the color of the leaves, and look at the amount of new growth. If, you're having, if your leaf growth is dark green, if you're getting a tremendous amount of fertilizer, then maybe it would be a good idea to not fertilize next year. It's already done and gone. You're going to get the reaction because of the fertilizer that's applied to the tree. But the tree, when you look at it, will tell you whether it needs fertilizer or not. It'll tell you that by its leaf color, the amount of new growth, and its production of fruit. And oftentimes, too, it'll tell you what kind of fertilizer to apply. So, yeah, it's a good idea to have a fertilizer analysis, a soil analysis done periodically, just to see where you're at, at least at the starting point, to find out what the nutrient content of the soil is. But it just depends on what's in that soil and how much new growth you're going to have. So let the tree tell you. So anyway, <clears throat> if you've got some yellowing growth on it, this person asked the question, I see many times where you've said fruit trees only need feeding in the spring. However, without periodic applications of nitrogen, my three-year-old peach tree leaves become yellow. Could there be something going on I should investigate? And I sent an email back to this guy. I said, send me a picture of your tree because I really need to see what's going on. So he sent me a picture of the tree and there was one branch that was yellow. And you can see it on my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. You can look at that picture there. But there was one branch that was green or yellowing and the, the rest of it was dark green. And I looked at it, and it was a young tree, and I looked at it and thought, this tree doesn't need any more fertilizer. 
It doesn't, uh, it's not lacking in nitrogen. It's not a yellowing due to micronutrients. It's got to be some other issue. So I told him, <clears throat> I said, there's some other things that can go wrong that can cause yellowing in fruit trees other than uh, a fertilizer application. But if you look at those dark green leaves, you look at, at the amount of new growth that that tree is experiencing, it'll tell you right away. There's enough fertilizer being applied, and it's probably the right kind. At least in its early stages, when you want a lot of nitrogen to push for dark green growth and you want to push some new growth on it. So the fertilizer applying it isn't going to be the answer to a problem. The problem is either either uh, uh, the roots are dying back, maybe because of frequent irrigations. If, whatever you're doing, it's okay to water fruit trees frequently when you first plant them, but then back off because I can I can start talking about how tree roots start responding to uh, differently if they're bare root versus containerized trees. But that that's not what we're talking about here. What we're really talking about is how these tree roots are going to respond once water is applied. Yes, you've got to apply water the first few times frequently, but after a week or two, of frequent irrigation start backing off on the amount and the frequency of the water being applied because those roots are going to start to suffocate and once because they can't get water they can't get air they've just the soil's filled with water and so the roots start dying back this will cause yellowing in trees frequent applications of water you've got to apply it less often so uh, with that in mind, my mind is skipping here uh, on a lot of different topics. But with that in mind uh, right now, let's get back to it. That another possibility, and especially true of young trees uh, that could be brought in the first couple of years, is borer problems. If you've got a borer in the trunk or in a limb of a tree, that, that limb, if it's the cool time of the year, the leaves may start to turn yellow because it can't get enough nutrients sent up to the leaves. You can do everything you possibly can to that tree. Spray it with micronutrients, apply fertilizer, and nothing happens because that tree is responding to, its growth is responding, the color of the leaves is responding to an invasion by an insect pest that's damaging the trunk, damaging the limb, causing not enough nutrients to get out to those leaves. And so we're seeing it when it starts to get hot, You'll definitely see it because it's going to die. That branch is going to die back and you're going to have be faced with a limb or even an entire tree if it's young or if, it's, if, if the borer damage is low enough on the trunk. You could end up with a tree that's totally dead. So you can get an in, insecticide applied as a soil drench and, and possibly, hopefully, kill the borers that are inside uh, that trunk or inside the limbs. And then, if, if you've decided that, you know, one easy way to tell if you've got bores in a limb is to bend it. If it snaps off, you'll see right where the bores are, because it'll snap right where the damage from the bores were located, or are located. If it's yellowing, and if it's a bore problem, bend it over, bend over the trunk, bend over the limb, whatever it might be, and it'll snap or break off. Either way, it's, gonna, it's going to do that right where the damage is located. If there's no damage there, it'll bend fine. It'll, 
you know, don't bend it in two, but bend it over. Start bending it slowly, moving it so that you can hear any snapping that can occur. You can, if that's the case. Otherwise, just wait and see what happens. Wait and 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 see if it corrects itself. Maybe it'll grow back, maybe not. You, you never know on that. Maybe you'll end up with a dead branch because if there's board damage involved. But anyway, getting back to it, apply fertilizer once in the spring. It's plenty for fruit trees, plenty to get it off to a good start. You want that fertilizer to start running out. And this is the problem I have with, with injectors. These these this is becoming quite co- common now they're putting fertilizer injectors into landscapes and whatnot and even with fruit trees it can be a little bit of a problem because you're constantly fertilizing yeah and then they say that's good for the tree well no not necessarily it may not be because the the spring growth that that push in early in the season if you're if you're in a climate where there are seasons, clear, distinct spring, summer, uh, fall, and winter seasons, and you can distinguish between them. Yeah, it really, you want to push the new growth in the spring. Then you want to back off. The tree wants to back off and start setting up for next year's production. And it that could start any time in July, August, September, any time in that region, any time in that time of the year, it could start setting up. So if you're constantly feeding it nitrogen fertilizer, which pushes new growth and new leaves and new stems, well, that can be a problem. It can also be a problem if that tree, fruit tree that you're growing, is tender to freezing temperatures, like in the Las Vegas Valley, citrus, for instance. If we continue to feed it citrus through the whole year, high nitrogen fertilizer and it wants to set up for its sleepy time for for the winter months because that's going to affect the amount of new growth that's going to push is going to affect how it's going to resist freezing temperatures so it's really important on these tender plants these freeze tender plants to not fertilize with a high nitrogen fertilizer, that first number on the fertilizer bag, after about the 1st of July. Just don't put, in other words, midsummer. Don't put anything more down. Let it run out. Let that fertilizer run out. Let that tree, if it's an older tree, start to set up its, its spring flowering and fruit production. And let it start to adjust for its winter cold temperatures. You've got to do that. You've got to do that or it's going to be a big mistake. Let the tree talk to you. Watch it. Watch the color. Watch the amount of new growth. Fertilize it in the spring and then don't fertilize it anymore through the year. Second, I'm growing a saguaro cactus in my yard and it's developed a black spot on its surface, on the trunk surface. Do I need to be concerned? You bet you you need to be concerned. And I would suggest that you contact, uh, go online and download the publication by the University of Arizona. You can search for it online by entering the keywords Saguaro, University of Arizona, and that will pop up. Uh, It's a, a 
a publication that they wrote a few years ago on diseases and pests of some of the agaves and cactus uh, in the Arizona area. That's a very good publication. I, I just sent this publication to him, and then he went ahead. I hope he used a sanitized knife, but they went ahead and cut that. They, they removed that black spot with a, a sharp uh, sanitized knife, and they found all sorts of decay. And I posted it again on my, uh, on my blog, a picture of it. But you can see all of the tissue he had to remove get remove all of that decayed tissue so that black spot was an indicator something was going on inside the tree that could be lethal and if he didn't control it if he didn't control that that problem that it's called bacterial necrosis of saguaro if he didn't stop it and and cut that part out with a sanitized knife it will completely kill that that tree. At least this way, even though there's a large section removed, it's got a chance to heal. And it can. It can help. If he's gotten rid of all of it, there's a very good chance it will heal over. So when you see those black spots, take a sanitized knife and dig in there and see what's going on. You'll find out very quickly if it's rotting under there or not. And if it is, you're going to have to clean that whole thing out, get down to good flesh, clean that whole thing out, maybe even sanitize it, spray it with a little bit of, of an alcohol solution just to uh, sanitize it, and let it heal over. I hope that alcohol solution won't cause any more problems. I don't think it will. I think it'll sanitize it. But just you make sure that you sanitize that knife if you're going to do it. What's the best way to prune bougainvillea? Do I cut back the top branches or just leave it alone? I see new growth at the base of the plant. Well, in our climate, uh, where it freezes, uh, bougainvillea is a tropical plant. If you don't freeze during the winter, it'll be fine. It'll continue to grow. It can turn into a large bush. It can turn into, if it's pruned, it can vine for you. It can be turned in and, and pruned for a trellising effect. In our climate, oftentimes bougainvillea used to be a few years ago. We used to plant them as annuals. Put them in the ground when they're small. Grow them up. Let them flower. They die during the winter and then they're replaced. Well, if it doesn't get to be in the mid-teens like it used to, you can probably keep it. If it's down in the 20s, you can probably keep it. Uh, alive through the winter, the base of it, so that it resuckers again at the in the spring of the year and then grows back. If it doesn't freeze during the winter, then you've got a plant that you can get to a certain size until it freezes that winter, and then it's uh, then you'll cut it back again. Those little suckers at the base of the plant are an indicator that probably there was some freeze damage that occurred. In other words, there's some freezing temperatures. So you can cut it all the way back, uh, just above the strong growth coming from the base, and it will grow back. One of the tips that I tell people to do on bougainvillea, if uh, they feel like there's going to be some freeze temperatures coming up, uh, just take a one-gallon nursery container, cut up the side of it, cut the bottom out, so that you can put it around the base and then just pack that full of mulch, wood chip mulch, 
something that's really, don't put soil in there. It could rot the trunk. But put something in there just to protect it from winter cold temperatures. If it gets too cold, it's going to die. It's going to die back to the ground. If it doesn't get too cold, then it may die just to that point where you've protected it with the wood chip mulch. But anyway, there's some level of protection there. It's a tropical plant. How do you prune it? It just depends on how much survives and how much you want it to grow back. Uh, for me, in our climate, I'd probably prune it back every year and just plan for it to be a small a bush and, uh, and appreciate it. You know, once those roots start to get established every year, it's going to grow very, very rapidly. A little bit of um, nitrogen fertilizer, single application in the spring, some water, stand back. It's going to grow rapidly. And when it gets to a size that it will initiate a certain size, it will initiate flowering automatically. Some say that you can pull the water off and stress it a little bit, water stress it, and get it to flower. Uh, and I, that's probably true just simply because it's going to want to survive and it's going to flower. But generally speaking, it's going to have a certain what we call a... Um, a ratio between its roots and its shoots, its top part. And once the roots get big, you can you can cause it to flower earlier by root pruning. And that's a technique done by the bonsai group where you can go in and just take a shovel and cut the roots uh, while it's still in the soil. Just cut the roots maybe 12 inches out from it. Just take a sharp shovel, push it down, cut the roots all the way around it or three quarters of the way around it, Watch out for your drip lines and cut those roots and see if you can cause it to uh, flower a little bit earlier. That's another possibility for you. So anyway, I, it's really hard for me to say. You can prune it many, many different ways. But in a, in a climate where it's going to freeze or the potential for freezing is high, you might be better off just pruning it and uh, back every year. And uh, don't build up expectations I know the person who sent this question to me and their landscape consultant and don't build up expectations of customers into thinking they're going to get a big plant and make room for it in the design and everything and all of a sudden it freezes. doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but anyway. I'm ready to buy five fruit and nut trees. I listened to your podcast from your blog, narrowed them down to an almond, a pistachio pear of pistachios, babcock peach, Santa Rosa Plum, and a Flavored Delight Apricot. Uh, where are they available for purchase? Well, this was sent to me like in middle of March. And usually, if you're going to buy them online, you've got to buy them early. They won't ship anything now because it's all bare root. And uh, there's already been some leaf growth. So they're not going to ship anything. If you're going to buy them bare root, you've got to order them. It just depends. If you're this number of trees, you'll order. You can order them online. Probably, I would order them December, January, as soon as they become available. The one that's going to be difficult in this group, you've got an almond, and of the almonds, I'd look at either Garden Prince, which I really like a lot because of the flower color, and it's a dwarf or all-in-one almond for yard production. Good almonds, not a problem. They stay pretty small for an almond tree. And uh, that Garden Prince has a beautiful flower color on it, different 
from uh, from the typical white almond flowers that you see. A pair of pistachios. Well, you know, if we if we lived in the Central Asia uh, near Iran, someplace we could we'd have a lot better we'd have a lot more to pick from in pistachios. United States, we don't typically have a, have much to pick from. So you're going to have a pair, male and female, for pollination. And um, if you're really an experienced gardener, you want to play with it, you could plant them in the same hole, 18 inches apart, and just uh, keep that male alive so it doesn't occupy it. You don't have to grow it because it doesn't produce any nuts, right? It's the female. All you want the male for is just the pollen production. And it's kind of a space to, you know, plant it someplace. And it's a more aggressive tree. It can grow quickly fairly tall. It's more aggressive than the female. So you've got a, if, if you've got a limited space, it's a, it's a shame to have to have to grow a, a pair of pistachios just so that one can produce nuts for you on it. But anyway... Uh, that's where you can do multiple trees in a single hole and it works nicely if you can if you're an experienced gardener and want to try that babcock peach interesting choice I like babcock a lot it's a white peach uh, it's a freestone which means that the flesh pulls away easily from the inside separates from it it has a wonderful floral bouquet in the desert uh, when the fruit does the floral bouquet of the fruit. I'm not talking about the flowers. They, they smell nice too, but I'm talking really about the fruit now. It's a delicious fruit. It's a sub, what we call a sub-acid peach, white. Uh, it's it's very delicate in its flavor. It's not as strong as some of the yellow peaches. If you like the yellow peach strong flavor, then this isn't probably a good one for you to pick. Santa Rosa plum is an interesting choice also because Santa Rosa plum is a pollinizer uh, for uh, many of the pluots. Not all of them, but many of the common pluots grown in backyards. It also produces a really nice, it's an old variety. It produces a very nice fruit. It's a soft-fruited plum. So if you like that, soft-fruited plums and not a firm-fruited plum, uh, then that's a good choice for you uh, with it. And then a flavored delight apricot. Flavored delight apricot is not really an apricot. It's it's an aprium, and it's a good choice, but you're going to have trouble finding it. I think the only place you'll find it is probably online. It hasn't caught yet among the public. Uh, it's a Zager genetics introduction marketed by Dave Wilson Nursery, and I think the only place like Bay Laurel Nursery online or Grow Organic, uh, will they'll provide those things for me. But you're going to have to order it in December, January, if you're going to pick one of the apriums. The aprium is like an apricot. It looks like an apricot that's marketed as an apricot. It's just got a higher sugar content, better flavor, and the tree stays smaller. It's a very nice, very nice tree. Anyway, so where are they available for purchase? I Recently, I saw them in a local nursery here, uh, Star Nursery. It's available there. I walked in their yard. They didn't have a lot to pick from, but they did have all-in-one almond, as I remember. They had a, a pair of pistachios. They didn't have Babcock peach. They had Santa Rosa plum. But they didn't have the flavored delight apricot, which I think very few people will. But anyway, that's where I would go and get it. And uh, drop me a line sometime. Let me know if it worked for you or not. Thanks for listening to Desert Horticulture. This is Bob Morris. <music>